Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, so on Friday, we got again to go to the uh, Addiction Center. And like all the other times when we've gone, we go with the intention on serving them, but actually in reality, they end up serving and teaching us. And there were two gentlemen that stood out uh, while we were there that shared their stories. And generally when we go there, these are, these are, it's a men's home right now. And they are men who are recovering from various addictions of alcoholism, um, uh, heroin, cocaine, different drug addictions, and so on. And we give them an opportunity to share. Sometimes they share, sometimes they don't. But this, uh, this week, this last Friday, we had two of them who shared. And one of them, his name was Desmond, this 23-year-old guy, said he grew up in a household where both his parents were addicts. And so addict, like doing drugs was all he knew growing up. This was just part of what he did. Uh, this is how he dealt with life. And, and while he was able to compensate for a little bit, his addiction eventually caught up to him. And in college, he was playing college football, but his addiction became too much and he OD'd. And the way he described it is that, I have no idea how, but God moved some other person to come upstairs at the same time that I overdosed and they gave me Narcan and I came back to life. It was an act of God. And he shared his story and then much elder, older gentleman, he was 57, Larry, shared his story where said, I had everything. I had a business that was successful. I think he was a welder by trade and he had grown his business to be a million dollar business. He had, you know, possessions. He had, you know, a family. And slowly but surely, his addiction um, stole it all away. And he lost it all. And you tell from these two stories and, and among the other stories that these are individuals who... At first glance, you could say, okay, th there's a big difference. There's, there's a big gap between like what they're struggling with and what them, I'm struggling with. But in reality, no, there's not much of a, a, a difference, right? Because they're struggling with things and they get warnings throughout life. And they had people who are trying to tell them to slow down. And we also, in our own ways, have things that we do that we know are unhealthy, that we know are detrimental to ourselves. And we get warnings, and we don't respond either. We don't respond either. Right? And this is the nature of humanity, where we can be really, really stubborn. And we can be really, really hard-headed. And we don't want to change the things that we do. 
And today's gospel captures that part of humanity because it gives us this parable of the vine dressers who were individuals who at that time, they would work in the field and they would be responsible for doing all the, the, the work in the field and somebody would own the field and he would employ them to work. He would you know, give them a part of the land to work. And then eventually they would, the owner would come back and say, okay, well, what have you done? How have you, you know, kept the field? How has the business gone? And so on. And in this story, this parable, the, the owner of the vineyard continues to send messages to those who are working in the vineyard. And there's a resistance. There's a hardness to the reality that they don't own it, but that they are working in the vineyard, right? There's a resistance to that reality. And what they want to do is to be able to do whatever it is they desire. Treat the vineyard, work hard, not work hard. You know, they want to manage it how they please. And so when they would see these different messengers coming from the owner of the vineyard, they would see it, they would see the messenger coming, and they would treat him poorly, right? They would not receive the message that they were carrying saying, well, the owner wants to see what you've been doing. And they would beat him and send them away. Beat the next one, send them away. Another one was coming, beat him, send them back. This was the pattern that this parable tells us. And this is a pattern that all of us copy in life. All of us at different times and in different stages in our lives get messages, right? We get messages of careful of this behavior, careful of this addiction, careful of how critical you are, careful because nobody is able to approach you and talk about anything, careful because you are highly you know, offendable, right? We all have messages that we receive. And we all have an opportunity to change. We all have an opportunity. We all have an opportunity to not be as greedy, to not be critical, and to always offer forgiveness instead of harshness in return. We all get these messages. But how do we respond to them is always the question. And I think when we look at this parable, we see that typically the human response is one of, of, of stubbornness and difficulty, right? God is always sending us messages, but we're not so receptive to it. And I think this parable also shows us another angle, right? And I want to challenge us to look at another angle, that even though we are very resistant to messages, that call us to change. This parable shows to what extent the Father wants to go through, to what extent the Father will go to in order to give us an opportunity to change. Right? To what extent does the Father go to to give us an opportunity to change? That he sent messengers in this parable, he sent messenger after messenger after messenger, right? And they treated all poorly. And then at the end, he said, I'm going to send you my son, the heir of the vineyard. And hopefully they would hear him. 
This shows us something about the heart of the Father. Is that in, our, in his pursuit of us, he is long-suffering. He sends his messenger, he sends us this servant, he sends us this Bible study, he sends us this like sermon at this time, he sends us this opportunity to serve. He keeps on sending us messages. To what extent is he willing to go for us to listen and to turn? Well, he's willing to sacrifice his only begotten son in order for us to listen and to turn. He is willing to go to great lengths, right? To the greatest length possible in order for us to respond to his message, respond to his calling, right? That's how much he wants us. And that's how much he is willing to sacrifice. And I think it was very like I was made more aware of this when we were finishing our time at the addiction center. And as we finished our sharing and finished praying with them, we said we brought Bibles in case anybody would want some. Right? We brought Bibles. And every person there grabbed a Bible. Because they wanted to know more. They wanted to, to say like, huh, I was so resistant to all the different messages I got warning me to change. And now I ended up in this situation. Maybe I need to do things differently. All of them grabbed the Bible. Even the guy on the, the, he's sitting next to me, he's a Muslim guy. He actually didn't want to attend with us. He's like, I'll take a Bible. It was a great, great experience. Right? But the Lord was pursuing them all the way to like they hit rock bottom. He pursued after them. And he pursues after you and me. No matter how many times we make a mistake, no matter how bad our mistakes are, he's always pursuing after you and me to say, okay, come and turn. Come and do something different in the way that you're choosing to live. And the reason why he pursues after us so much is because there is a reality to life. There is an inescapable reality to life. And all the gentlemen in that home, they were facing the harshness of that reality, that we can't live in a way that only suits us because we will destroy our own lives. They lived that reality, and now they're in the process of turning. And there is a reality to our life too, because if we live... However we want, we tend to make a mess of our own lives. But God, the author of our faith and the creator of our lives, gave us a way to live, taught us how to live. And we will face that reality one way or another. Because it's just the truth about life. And so we can either heed the messages that are coming our way and turn or there will be a time where we realize that, well, I wasn't listening and I kept on doing things and it really got me into a big mess. And it's not by chance that that happened. It happens that way when we are hard 
to the way God wants us to live. When we don't respond to the way he calls us and we don't choose to live in the way that he taught us to live, right? There's a reality to this life. Those men are realizing it. We realize it. You know, everybody in their own way, in their own time, realizes that, right? And sometimes it comes after big mistakes, but it doesn't matter. Because as long as we're living, we have an opportunity to turn. We have an opportunity to come back. And that's the beauty of our God, is that He endlessly pursues us, and He gives us an infinite number of chances while we're still living on this earth to turn to Him, even until the last second. He wants us to turn. So can we soften our hearts? Can we ease up on our harshness and our stubbornness to the messages that he's sending us and begin to turn and respond to him? In whatever way God is calling you to change, we need to challenge ourselves to change in that way. And he is willing to go to the very ends in order to bring us back to him. So I want everybody to just kind of focus on an area that you feel God is trying to soften your heart. Where is he trying to soften your heart? In which way is he calling you back? And can we just ask him to continue to, to work in our hearts, to tenderize our hearts, so that we would be more receptive to the messages that he's sending us. And glory be to God forever. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.